You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, let's get into some more of the, the SEC games here for week two because there are, there are a lot of them that are interesting for various reasons. And when I look at the schedule, I'm not saying all the games fall into one of these categories, but a lot of them fall into one of two categories, two, two themes, if you will, for, for week two in the SEC. One theme is teams coming off emotional games against teams that basically went through the motions. You know, they, they, they weren't challenged. They didn't have to expend a lot of energy and, uh, you know, played an over, overmatched opponent, won easily, et cetera. And, and so one of these games I've already talked about uh, in uh, the beginning of the podcast, which is Kentucky being one of those teams that cruised against Miami of Ohio last week against Florida which was taken to the limit against Utah. And the, the, the premise for this whole conversation, uh, for, for me pointing this out, is this idea that it's very difficult, especially for college teams, to play your A game two weeks in a row. You know, I, I worked for many years at ESPN with Lou Holtz, uh, who obviously had a lot of success as a head coach. And one of the things he always talked about was as a coach in college football, you have no idea what team you're going to get from one week to the next. Like even when you think they've prepared well, even sometimes when you don't think they've prepared well, they come out and play well. Like it's just unpredictable because of all the things they have going on in their lives outside of football. It's not their job. You know, they're, they're students, they've got relationships or all sorts of things um, that are on their minds and you just have no idea what you're going to get. And, and part of it's physical, um, but part of it's emotional, and, and that's kind of where I'm getting to, is this idea that Florida, last week, while, look, it wasn't a conference game. I mean, this week is is clearly a more important game for Florida's season because it's, it's in the conference, it's in the division. Last week was a non-conference game, but last week was a game against a top 10 team coming into the swamp. Florida was considered an underdog. And they were jacked up, man. They were ready to play. And they went out and played really well. And it was a dramatic finish. You know, they scored late to take the lead. They they held on with an interception in the end zone. The crowd was going nuts. I, I would assume it took the players a little while to come down from that high. And obviously they've got to get back up again because they're going to have to play their A game again to be able to beat Kentucky. And you just wonder how easy is that to do? Uh, for Florida or for anybody. And and so I, I think that makes this a fascinating matchup uh, for yet another reason uh, for week two. And and Florida's not the only team that's in that situation. Now, there, there are three more I'm going to point to that are non-conference games where the opponent of the SEC team is the one that's coming off of the, the emotional game. 
One of those is Pitt, which is hosting Tennessee. Any of you who watched that game last Thursday night where Pitt played West Virginia in, in, in what is, for those who know college football, is a rivalry. That is a, a big rivalry. They hadn't played in a while. Um, but, man, the crowd was really into it. It was another game that kind of went back and forth. And uh, Pitt ended up winning. But it's one of those, you, know, you wonder how much energy did they expend, uh, physical and emotional, in order to do it, while Tennessee just cruised in its season opener. And um, you figure Tennessee is probably in a better spot leading into this game. Maybe they haven't been tested the way that Pitt has. But I think as, if you're a coach, you'd much rather come in off of the type of game that Tennessee had than, than off of what Pitt had. Uh, another one is Appalachian State going to Texas A&M. Now, this isn't a game where normally people would be giving App State much of a chance going into College Station. App State, for those who don't know, is in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina. So it, it's in the state of North Carolina. This is a team in the Sun Belt Conference. They were playing last weekend at home against the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And so you're talking about a Sun Belt team getting an in-state ACC opponent, you know, to come to their stadium. And they they got off to an early lead, then North Carolina t- kind of took control of the game, and it appeared several times North Carolina had it wrapped up. But App State kept fighting, kept fighting. And uh, a few of you uh, saw this on SportsCenter or wherever. App State ended up scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter alone and almost came back and won this game. They ended up being stopped on the one-yard line on the two-point conversion to try to tie. Ended up losing 63-61. So to go from that to now having to you know fly halfway across the country to College Station and play against a better team, but now you're on the road, I, I'm... Look, I had some questions about A&M based on the first uh, performance of the season that they had, but it fell into that category of, hey, you know, just kind of a sleepwalking type performance, not all that unusual for week one. And so I I think this one really sets up for an A&M blowout Um, because it's just hard for me to imagine that App State has much left in the tank after what they did last week and especially the comeback and coming so close and the disappointment of not winning it. And then maybe one other game that would fall into that category, maybe not as quite uh, of an emotional win, but Arizona, which hosts Mississippi State this week, was an underdog last weekend at San Diego State. And Arizona has been dreadful in recent seasons. And San Diego State um, is a a well-respected program in the Power Five. And uh, Arizona went in as an underdog, and they didn't just win. I mean, they played very well offensively. And so it, it wasn't a, a close game where, you know, it would fall into the same category as, a, you know, App State or or Pitt or Florida. But, but I do wonder, did Arizona just play about as well as they're capable of playing last week and now they've got to play Mississippi State? Uh, hard to say, but that's one that I would say let's, let's just – keep an eye on that and as good as Arizona looked in week one considering how inconsistent if not bad they've been for several years now maybe it's asking a lot of them to go out and and look good two weeks in a row so 
possible advantage to Mississippi State there um, if you're if you're buying into this whole idea of of emotional expenditure is is uh, it's difficult to come off of because it, it's tough to repeat. All right, so the second theme um, is lightly regarded SEC East teams that that have a chance to prove something and. Let's look at the second conference game um, this week, which is South Carolina at Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is obviously ranked. Arkansas is at home. But South Carolina, after making some noticeable progress last year in year one under Shane Beamer, has an opportunity to make a statement. Um, They don't even have to win the game to make the statement. I think if they take Arkansas to the wire, that would make a statement. So there's opportunity there. And then on top of it, I would say – they have to feel some level of confidence coming in because of what they saw from Arkansas's defense last week against Cincinnati. Arkansas is banged up in the secondary. Their corners looked extremely vulnerable. And so South Carolina has a, a new quarterback, Spencer Rattler, a you know highly rated recruit coming out of high school who just never quite clicked at Oklahoma. Um, had a decent first game. Um, but but he's going to have some some chances, you know, against some cornerbacks who were underwhelming in week one. We'll just say that would be a fair way to say it. They were underwhelming. And I think there are some opportunities there for South Carolina to make some plays, score some points. It depends on what their defense is able to do against K.J. Jefferson and company. Um, but, but, yeah, this is an opportunity for South Carolina uh, to pull an upset, get their season off to a huge start, or at the very least uh, to play a close game on the road as as a decent sized underdog and, and gain a lot of respect and, and a lot of belief probably as they uh, head further into the season. And then two other teams in the SEC East that fall into this category. Missouri is at Kansas State and and most seasons I would say yeah, these teams are probably pretty similar, not much separating them. Missouri had a rough year last year and they obviously um, you know, need to show some improvement this year. They're on the road against a team that is getting some love as a contender in the Big 12. This is belief in the Big 12 by a lot of people that that Texas and Oklahoma are both going to be down a little bit and maybe, you know, the conference is ripe for the taking by, by someone else. And, and some people kind of point to K-State as one of those teams. Um, they, they have uh, Nebraska transfer, um, as as their as their new quarterback and and there's a lot to like about K State and and so I think this is an opportunity from Missouri if they're able to go in and, and pull an upset there to really get the attention of some people before SEC play starts and uh, and and so I would keep an eye on Missouri for that reason and then also an eye on Vanderbilt now Vanderbilt as you probably know is two and zero on the season and that's not a normal thing for Vanderbilt. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying it's incredibly rare, but Vanderbilt doesn't start a lot of seasons two and zero. They're at home this week against Wake Forest, and Wake has a number to the left of its name, which means it's ranked in the top twenty-five. So Vanderbilt hosting a ranked team. Now Wake Forest is ranked because of what it did last year when it won its division and reached the S- the uh, ACC championship game, and that was due in large part to the play of its quarterback, Sam Hartman, who was really, really good a year ago. But he was injured a few months ago, and it was believed that he was going to be out for at least the first month of the season. 
as it turns out, uh, after missing the season opener, uh, we were just told a couple of days ago that he's supposed to start against Vanderbilt. And while, okay, you know, the ranking is because of Sam Hartman and he is back, I don't expect him to be as sharp as he was at the end of last season and not as sharp as he would have been had he gone through all of August practices with his teammates. So he's back, but I don't think we're quite at the point where we would say this is the same Sam Hartman and the same Wake Forest offense that was so good a year ago. And and so I think Vanderbilt certainly has an opportunity here to take advantage of, of having this opportunity against a team with a quarterback who is probably not as good as he'll be later in the season. And, uh, you know, hey, I, Vanderbilt, at the very least, we can say, is is certainly improved from last year. Now, are, are they good enough to have a, a, a chance to flirt with 6-6 six and six and making a bowl? There's a long way to go before we say that. Um, but if they win this game, then I think they can really start thinking in that direction. And, and certainly we'll, we'll start to get some love from, from different areas. They still would not have won an SEC game yet. They've lost 21 in a row in the SEC. But like I said, you can at least start dreaming about a bowl season if you start 3-0, and and especially if one of those is a win over a ranked team. So uh, opportunities for three SEC East teams this week that have been a little down and out lately. But um, you never know when the season is. You can turn that around. And, and so for those teams... This is a weekend of big opportunity.